to the 34th episode of Avocado and Honey. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow Avocado and Honey on Instagram. It's at Avocado and Honey. The and is spelled out. So you can stay updated um, on all things Avocado and Honey. Um, and just so you guys know, um, there's only going to be two more episodes, like one and a half episodes technically. Um, and then I'm going to go on break just like all y'all for the holidays. Avocado and Honey will be back the second Tuesday in January. So mark your calendars and just listen to all the old episodes, catch up on Avocado and Honey. Uh, let's go ahead and get into this episode. So so this past weekend, we went out to celebrate Hadassah's birthday and I met her dope ass friend, Walelo. Walelo is a bookworm and she just seemed like she just knows so much on books and I thought it'd be great to talk to her because I'm trying to read more and just trying to expand my library. So Walelo, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. I am uh, very excited to be here today. Um, I'm so honored that you asked me to be on your podcast. I'm so, 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 so happy that I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm happy you are Extremely doing honored. <laughs> well, after just like a minute in the bookstore with you, I was just like, yo, <laughs> I need to talk to her on, re- on the record. <laughs> and I need to get a list together because I know there's so many just women out here just trying to gain knowledge. Everyone's becoming more aware so, like, people want to know what to read. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to talk to about that. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm honored. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and I can't. Like, you know, I'm always excited to just bring any new person over to the dark side. Right. I mean, it's not the dark side. Right. It's the bright side. It's the right side. <laughs> so when did you, like, when did your love for books, like, start? Like, Okay. I get, like, the earliest moment I remember of, like, having to read, I think I was in, like, um, fourth grade mm-hmm. and my uncle he had just come back from abroad this was when back i was still home in africa so he had come back from abroad and he brought me this um this book it was like this like you know it looked like a textbook at the time mm-hmm. and it was like a book of like it was like an anthology of a lot of like a bunch of short stories mm-hmm. and he was like you know you should read this and you know me being me i took it to school to go you know flex on my friends like <laughs> This is why my uncle brought me back. Um, But the thing is, I wasn't really interested in reading. Um, I was interested in, like, showing off the book. So when I got there, all my friends at school were, like, really, really interested in borrowing the book and reading the stories. They were like, oh, I know this story. I've heard of it. I want to read it. And, like, so for the first, like, month or so, I didn't even have my book. So I took it to school, and my friends all borrowed it. And I got in so much trouble at home with my mom Mm -hmm. because she was like, your uncle did you like this great thing and like you know um he's showing his love and you just go give give away a gift that he gave uh, he got for you um and i felt so so bad and like not just feeling bad i was also jealous that like my friends would enjoy a gift that was for me more than right. me so i made it a point to start reading those stories because i was like you're not about to enjoy my gift better than me <laughs> that's really where it started from i was a little kid and i was being petty like yo <laughs> you're not about to enjoy my gift better than me so at first i really wasn't into it like mm-hmm. 
I'll be honest. I wasn't I wasn't into the stories. I was just doing it so my friends wouldn't have to borrow my book. I would say, I'm reading a story in it. Um, <laughs> but then after a while, my uncle brought me another book like, oh, so you're reading this. He got me another one. And I was like, oh, you done fucked up now. <laughs> so, and like he wanted to talk to me about the books. So I just, it came to a point where I just had to read the books Um and, like, really know what the stories were about to, like, mm-hmm. talk to him. So after that, I was just gone. I, I was gone. Do you remember the first book that you fell in love with? <sighs> That's, oh, yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have this book. Uh, my brother has it in his lock, uh, um, in his storage locker up upstate. Oh, gosh. Uh Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Um, hold on. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the keyboard. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm like, I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, I read it in, in eighth grade or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, we all had to read it. I know everybody's read. Oh. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm like, I'm spelling it right. But it was about, um, they made a movie about it not so long ago. Um, it was about this little girl who found this family who um, like lived for, um, had like found the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. And they were like really, really old. Um, and there was this like man in like uh, a yellow suit who used to like, who was trying to follow them around to find the fountain of youth. Um and, like, she fell in love with, like, one of the the family's, like, sons. And, oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to remember. By the end of this, I'm going to remember. Okay. <laughs> I remember, like, sitting down and reading that book in, like, four hours and just, like, getting into so much trouble because I didn't do the dishes that day. <laughs> and I just, you know, my ass was handed to me later on. But. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I hope you remember by the end because I want to know now. But um, so you've been reading since the fourth grade. So out of all of them, can you say like, can you choose like a favorite genre? I guess my favorite genre, honestly, is um, I want to say it's like coming of age, white, like young, young adult coming of age. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, that's um, I like coming of age stories, even if like they're like fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've really gotten into fantasy stories a lot. Um, for a while, I was doing like contemporary s- stories, but the only contemporary type of stories that I read are like a little bit heavy and intense mm-hmm. um, about the, their subject matter. Like sometimes subject matter is like n- is not always heavy and intense, but the way the writer writes their books, it's just it takes you somewhere different. Um, but yeah, I like coming of age stories because. Um, I don't know. They just always remind me about like how they just give me hope about how like beginnings are always hopeful. Mm-hmm. No matter what really happens, beginnings are always hopeful. Um, and that's something that like I always try to remember. Beginnings are always hopeful. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, so this next one is going to be a little tough. So, okay. uh, Willello, you're on the island. and you're trapped here for the rest of your life and you can only take five books okay this is hard (laughs) okay so okay all right let me really think about this okay i can only take five books Mm -hmm. wow this is difficult okay so i'll definitely take um 
Difficult Women by Roxanne Gay. Oh, yes. You were talking about this in the bookstore. Yes. And why would you I do will... that? Okay. First of all, it's um, it's an anthology of short stories in, like, oh, my gosh. That woman put me through the whole gamut of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and just her writing is, like, oh, my God. It's, it's superb. I, I don't want to use – it's just – I feel like she's divine. When, like, her writing is divine. Like – I, I love her. I don't even know what else to say. I love her. Um, who else? I would take uh, Chinua Achebe's, um I would take his um, Things Fall Apart. Okay. I would take Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's um, Americana, just because I remember um, really connecting with that book. And I would want to be on the island and remi- rem- like remind myself of like, being an immigrant again, right? Mm-hmm. How that whole experience is, and because you would technically be like an immigrant all over again in a way, right? On a on an island. Uh, okay. Oh my god, these last two are, are very difficult. I would probably have to take like um, a vapid little adventure book. But whose vapid little adventure book would I take? Oh gosh, this is difficult. <laughs> you know what I would I would take? What I would probably take. Um, because I'm, I'm trying to stay away from, like, authors who aren't black. But mm-hmm. I would take, I would take, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, I don't know if the court, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia count as one book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we could do that. We'll let it slide. Okay, they count as one book. <laughs> and another one is, uh, the last one would be, this is really difficult. I don't even know if you understand how difficult this is. <laughs> I can hear it. Oh. <laughs> I feel it. I feel the pain. You know, the last one would probably have to be, uh, okay. I would, re- I would, I would take with me, um, Of Mice and Men, uh, by John Steinbeck. Okay. And why? Okay. See, I read that book before, I read that book in, in like the summer before high school, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had to read it in high school. And I remember my brother would used to always make the joke that, um, he was George and I was Lenny. Mm-hmm. Whenever, we, especially when we would get in trouble, um, I'm like my da- my brother's four years older than me. So a lot of times, if he did something and got in trouble, best believe I was involved. Um, <laughs> um, so he would always joke that I was um, I was Lenny and he was George. Uh, and I remember when I finally read it and I kind of got where like what he meant by the characters about who the characters were and their kind like kind of like their story mm-hmm. i was very i was it's it's very like the because everybody talks about how like the last scene of that book is very like dramatic in a way mm-hmm. but i felt like there was always like it was an act of mercy what george did because um lenny was this like vulnerable developmentally um kind of like challenged man um who probably had like the emotion, uh, mental uh, intelligence of like a, a child, mm-hmm. um, always getting in trouble and all of this stuff. And I just felt like it, it was such like in a like I don't know maybe I'm romanticizing it, but it's a good story about like friendship because um, sometimes that's how me and my brother are. Sometimes you know I'll snitch on him because <laughs> listen, do you want to do you want to do got to do what you got to do? You gotta take the L. You win some, you lose some, but you live. <laughs> What you got it to another day. Okay, so we got your five books. Now it's time. Um, let's go ahead and start building a library. Ooh. Okay, so now I'm gonna like kinda give you, I guess, topics and I want you to kind of suggest books. 
Okay, have to do cool. a ton, like maybe one or two. Um, so, okay. so for the first one, um, I feel like it's very important, especially if you're a black woman, woman of color. Um, so when you're like discovering your blackness, okay. what are some great books to discover your blackness? Okay. Uh, for me, because I'm an immigrant, for me, part of that was um, Reading Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. That, for me, that framed a lot of things for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and another one is, um, which this one I just think is major if you're a black woman who considers herself an intersectional feminist or like a womanist, or you just think of yourself as a black woman who believes in equity and equality and justice um it's a good one um it's an anthology it's called this bridge called my back this bridge called my back yes and it's it's an it's a book about uh, of different stories written by um like different essays uh written by black and um brown women Mm -hmm. and it's 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 superb i don't know i just read it this past um this past summer because a professor in the Africana studies department at my school, um, talked about it during, um, black history month earlier this, this year. And I was just like, how come I've never heard of this book and how come I'm not reading, uh, more black feminist writing and all of this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've read Angela Davis. I've read mm-hmm. Asada. I've read, um, too many people, too many people. I, I'm even drawing blanks right now. I've read, um, and, and also some of the, some of the writers who are, honestly, there's a lot of writers on Twitter who are black, mm-hmm. who, even on Tumblr, who have like blogs and, and, you know, they share their writing, um, and they're not quote unquote mainstream or they're not backed by a huge publishing company or a publishing deal. And like, they write Twitter essays and stuff like that. And I, and I follow them and I think some of them, let me not put them out there, but I feel like a lot of their writing is... is you can put is them out there. Like, I think that would be a good thing. Some of them already deal with crap online. Um, oh, but I follow not- Trudy. I follow Feminista Jones. Um, I don't even know how to say her Twitter handle, but it's Jim Jimu. Jimu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I follow quite a few people. So I think it's important to, like, even, like, the stuff that's current. You don't necessarily have to read deeply theorized. Right. Uh, writing no that's not always important right I remember in the bookstore when we were like talking about books um you we were talking about James Baldwin you said every person should have a James Baldwin book in their library so which book or books would you suggest by him to start see everybody um everybody reads Giovanni's um room I believe yeah See, but I have Gold Tailored on the Mountain. And the only reason why I, I grabbed Gold Tailored on the Mountain first was because I was in a choir. Uh-huh. And we used to sing a song <laughs> called Gold Tailored on the Mountain. <laughs> and for me, um, that that title just stuck out to me. I needed to, to, to read that and like really understand what he was talking about and what thing he wanted people to go tell on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think for me, reading Baldwin was very... Um, I don't know. It was revolutionary. It was eye-opening because I never, because um, my friend is the one who actually, I remember one time I met this girl. I go to her apartment and like, she went to Howard. So just her level of just like wokeness at, <laughs> then mine at that point was just out of this world. And I remember like, I went to her apartment and she had a wall just filled with like 
these three long bookcases and I was like looking at the titles and most of them were black and some of them I didn't recognize. Mm. And she was just like, oh, you don't know who that is. And you don't know who that is. And I just felt some type of way like, okay, girl, oh, okay. okay I, you and I saw Baldwin. I was like, wow, you've read Baldwin? She goes, I've read all his books. And I was just like, wait, what? She goes, I went to Howard. Like, you met people at Howard and you... It's not that you wanted to compete, but you just wanted, you felt that you had to um, like keep up, keep up. And I felt like at that moment that I had to keep up with her. I was like, I don't want to be your friend and be that one friend who does not know Baldwin right. and who has not read a single one of his books or writings. So, yeah. So, so that's why, it's, <laughs> because, you know, I won't be caught slipping out here. And <laughs> just, nah, 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 nah. Heard you. <laughs> okay. So. Let's talk about books on, like, womanhood um, and, like, sisterhood. What books would you suggest? Womanhood and sisterhood. Have you read um, Maya Angelou's uh, Letters to My Daughter? No. You know, I... That's that's a shame of... Uh, that's a shame on me, right? Because I have not read <laughs> no a lot of my... No, it's not... See, that's the thing, you know? Like, okay, here's the thing. I'll just be honest with you. I'm one of those people who pretty much collects books. Do I have the time in the day to read all of the books that I buy? No. <laughs> Even the book that I bought when we were out um, for Hadassah's birthday, mm-hmm. I have yet to open that book. Actually, I, I read like the first five pages. But then in that moment, I was like, yo, get your life together. You have homework to do. Right. So I had to stop, right? <laughs> But no, I have not. I like I've read the poems, obviously, that we did in school, but I haven't like really sat down with her writing and just dug in for myself, which is a shame on me. I think uh, Angela Davis writes this book called Women, Race and Class. Yeah, I think that's a good one to kind of like just get up like to to just to keep yourself abreast, to give you a good background, a good understanding Um of different issues that affect women, specifically like black women, mm-hmm. um, and how uh, race plays a, a, a role in just the same as class. Um, some of the, my other like major readings that I do, honestly, are like academic writing writings about like race mm-hmm. and women. Like currently, well, no, this would probably be boring for some people, but currently, like I'm doing research. Um, about black and Latina women and wealth accumulation um, in in these two populations, right? In these two groups of people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I've been reading is really surrounding just like the different uh, soci- uh, sociological, political, and economic reasons why they're kind of like these two groups of people are just always at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my research, it really has to deal with like different ideas about how um, we can kind of like promote and foster and um, wealth accumulation among these two groups of people and what they can do or how they can organize, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, create wealth for these two groups of people. So like I did some readings with a bunch of like black economists, economists. Um, like I read, um, let me not say her name wrong, Julianne Malvo. She's uh-huh. this black um, woman economist. Um, who's written on this subject. And, like, in really finding her, I was very, um, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you don't meet women of a certain, like, I don't know. For me, since I'm trying to make a career out of, like, academia and, like, all this foolishness that is, Mm -hmm. 
it's always interesting for me when I find black women in these spaces because it's almost as if like I know they're there, but it's like a pink elephant. Mm-hmm. You know, you you might see one, but they're not they're they're very rare, right? They okay. exist, but they're very rare. Um, and for me, right now in the in the school that I'm in, there's two black women economists, and sometimes I go to school. Or, like, I'm just, like, going about my day, and I'm very, like, I'm not, it, it's it's almost as if, like, I take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Because I expect them to be there, and, like, they're pouring into me, and they're, like, mentoring me, and they're investing in me, right? Right. And I take it for granted, because I just expect black women to just be the bad bitches that they are, just doing the shit, just running things, just, oh, you're a chair of a department? Yeah, that's normal to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're out here giving speeches in front of the Fed? Oh. That, that's regular. Like, I don't know. In my mind, I almost expect these women to just, I don't know, run the world. But, like, you also have to be cognizant of the, of the fact that, like, you know, for them to get there and make that that space a reality for me, they went through their own struggles. So I'm trying to, um, I'm, I'm trying to give honor and I'm trying to give respect to their positions and to the work that they've put in. Because sometimes right. it's very, like... Um, just even like when I feel like when I say that I'm ashamed that I didn't, I haven't read Maya Angelou, I feel like that's, I don't know, that that's a responsibility on my part. Just like it's a responsibility on everybody's part, I feel, to read James Baldwin and even Chinua Achebe, honestly, because for me personally, I'm like, I ha- I'm an immigrant. So my slant is when it comes to some readings, uh, especially if they're political in nature, mm-hmm. is towards like... Um, things that deal with like Africa and the continent and like kind of like the socio-political history and the socio-economic history of the um, of the continent. Yeah, so like reading Franz Fanon, um, I have yet to read any of his writings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I put it on my uh, Christmas list mm-hmm. for um, for my Secret Santa. So I want a book by Franz Fanon. And I want a book by C.L.R. James because he wrote this um, masterpiece called The Black Jacobins. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you've guessed, but I'm trying to be an economist. Uh, And everybody tells me that I need to read it. If I'm going to be made of anything as an economist, I have to to read it. So and since I'm trying to be a political economist, that's what I need to get my hands on. I want to get... there's a lot of, like, even in, in James Baldwin's writing, honestly, there's a lot of um, dissection and analysis of economic conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just sociological conditions, but, like, social conditions, too. But also the economic, you, you kind of see that in his writing, right? When mm-hmm. he talks about um, the, the conditions in the everyday life of black people in certain situations, part of that has to do with the economic conditions that um, are forced on them because of um, racism uh, and the history of enslavement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was very long-winded and very out out there. But I just want to go back to the whole like shame thing. Like, yes, I do agree that um, us as Black folk, we definitely need to take it upon ourselves to educate ourselves and learn from all these Black authors. But I meant like when I said there's no shame is because like everyone, they will get to it when like, when it's their time. So like right now we we're talking about it. So you're probably going to look into it eventually. So it's like, you know, you're everybody's right. on their own path. And that's why I think my favorite genre is kind of like, like biographies. 
because I love reading about just people's journey. Like um, the, the Maya Angelou book, The Letters to My Daughter, is basically just like different types of, I guess, letters telling her, her who would be daughters, I guess, us um, reading it basically different types of like things that happened to her in her life and how she overcame it. It was like some real shit. And I thought that was beautiful to read because I always see her as this like angelic, like angel who's like never done anything. And, you know, we always, we always um, only hear about um I know by the cage bird sings and her like horrific childhood, but you actually learned about her adulthood and stuff. So I thought that was beautiful. And of course, like Asada, like Asada, like we know her to be like, you know, Asada, and then, and then you read her um, autobiography, which is called Asada, um, and you see like the journey that she like the journey it took to become Asada, and I just think and like Malcolm X, like even like his like story too is just like they weren't born Malcolm X or Asada, like they had their journey, like you know, so that's what I mean. Like we're gonna get there, we're gonna get there. So we just gotta spread the word. So that's why we got this podcast and we talk about these books. So now everybody that listens, they're gonna go get their James Ball in, and you know they're gonna get the books that we need to get. <laughs> so oh you're right yeah so what are some biographies that you like to read what are some of the favorite people or some of the lives that you read um currently um um okay so earlier this year i got an um a copy of malcolm x's autobiography mm-hmm. um my brother read it when he was in high school and i always wanted to read it and he told me to read it but mm-hmm. i never really got around to it um and this is my brag. Yeah, but say go ahead and talk your shit. Go okay, ahead. It's autographed by Spike Lee and um, Ilyasa Shabazz, his daughter. Mm-hmm. I think she's his second oldest daughter. Um, and that's my brag because she teaches at my school. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but that was really, really exciting. And I wasn't supposed to get a copy, but you know, my sister had it for nuts. <laughs> so I got in there and I got me a copy. And that's and that's the thing, though. I have the copy, but I don't want to read it. So, excuse me. So I'll read it sometimes. So I don't want to read it, but I'll read it sometimes. Like I'll read like a, a chapter. Mm-hmm. And then I remind myself, like, no, it's autographed. Don't mess it up. Oh, I was about to say, why don't you want to read it? Do you, um, are you a fan of audiobooks? No. Why not? Okay, I know. <laughs> no, that was such a very hard no. Because, like, and that's, that's my other problem, okay? Because when I was in school upstate, and even when I moved down, I had to leave so many books. You have no idea. Like, when I was packing up my apartment, I realize that the bulk of my possessions in life, mm-hmm. a good half of them are just books. I didn't have that many pots and pans. I did not have that many clothes. But the heaviest and the biggest boxes were my books. And <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. No, I'm very proud of that. Of. But like uh, the actual physical book, like that whole experience, I don't know. It's just... I don't know because it's like it's the experience, right? You're here, you're with the book, and you're it's it's I don't know. Like I can listen to a podcast, I can listen to music. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I feel like it's um I'm in conversation with the podcast with these people that I'm listening to, even though I'm not really talking directly <laughs> to them. Yeah. Um, but with a book, I feel like a book is like an experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you get to have a movie in your head, and part of that is how. I approach the text. So if like I open it and it's like before the scene even sets, just how the the first few lines 
just give me an idea about how the setting is, what the plot is, right? Like all those little elements of literature, right? Mm-hmm. That she learned about in seventh grade. Like what the plot is, like what the setting is, what the tone of the feel, uh, the tone of the book is, or the story. Wow. I don't want to part with that by having somebody else read it to me. I just, I think I, what you mean. Yeah, and I was like growing up, my parents never read to me, so that's just very weird for me to have somebody read to me. Yeah, I mean, I do prefer uh, the actual physical book, but I try to. Um, I do have a couple audiobooks. I usually pick like the self help books because those are like the toughest for me to read. So I was like, maybe if someone reads it to me, but I think it's still the same. It's still hard for me to listen. I don't know what is it about like self-help books. I want to read them, but they're just not, ah, I don't know what it is. Are you into self-help books? See, the only book that I I have read that I could say was self-help would have, would have to be, um, The Alchemist. Yeah. uh, By Paolo Cole. And I listened to that one. (laughs) Right? See, I actually have two copies of that book. Don't ask me how. It's just a travesty. <laughs> My life is a travesty. Because I got one book, book. I read it, but I beat it up. So I had to get another one to look pretty on my shelf. I Because <laughs> you have to have it in there. like <laughs> I, you, just, you have to. Like, but you, <laughs> I have you to. haven't read The Alchemist? The what? Like, you ain't got no Yeezy? <laughs> like, and then I give people my little tattered copy. Like, yo, read this one. <laughs> like, but what about that pretty one? I'm like, nah, nah, nah. nah. That's not, this one's for nah. you, okay? This one's for you. Easy, um, easy. <laughs> so, for me, I feel like self-help books would be would be more effective for me if they came in that um like in in that way or in that format because it's very difficult for me to read self-help uh, self-help books too mm-hmm. uh, just because i don't know it's just it's very weird like i remember in, in high school they try to make us read um that seven habits of highly effective people book mm-hmm. And it was very difficult for me. Like, I, I appreciated the little suggestions and the workbooks and, and like, the little uh, worksheets and stuff like that. But it was just very hard for me to even get through that book reading it because I felt like there was no clear plot. And, like, I don't know. There just needs to be a story. You have to yeah. teach through a story. Exactly. That's why I like biographies. Like, I'm learning through all these other people, like, mistakes, quote, unquote. But one book that I'm trying to read, which I think would be a self-help, is Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Hadassah was on it. And I'm listening to it, which I think is pretty cool because they have, like, a voice for God. And I feel like it's more impactful because I'm hearing, like, a God voice. <laughs> but <laughs> Is it Morgan Freeman? Because that's no. the only God I, <laughs> no, I recognize. it's definitely a Caucasian God. But um, it's really interesting. And it's just, like, he talks about his conversation with God. Like, he called on God and basically was conversing about, like, why, or asking, like, why the world is the way it is. And, um, like, is there a hell? You know, the questions that we all are kind of dying to know. And it's, it's super informative. It's, it'll probably be a little problematic if you're more religious than most. Um, but I think everyone should definitely take a listen or read to that one. Okay, so what are some books? Okay, so again, I don't know. I, I don't know how many times I said it. I really like biographies, but and I was talking to my brother because my brother loves to read as well, and I was telling him some of the books, and he was just like, "Yo, like, don't you ever just want to get away sometimes?" So, like, what are some like your favorite fiction books? Mm, wow, I think that would have to go back to. Um... I don't know. Like, I read that Roxanne Gay um, Difficult Women book not even, probably four or five months ago. Oh. Yeah, because it's pretty new, right? Yeah. And I swear to you, it just... No, it was new to me. Not new at all. It just... It fucked me up something good. 
Um, <laughs> sorry for swearing. But seriously, that book, like, I, I can't even speak enough about it because I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's these different women in different situations, and some of it is um, Afrofuturistic, right? Because there's this one story. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's gems. No, I'm not even joking, right? Because, like, there's this story in it called North Country. And it reminded me so much about myself and the foolishness that I have done and engaged in mm-hmm. when it comes to men, right? And the, oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I cannot. I, oh, that book. Um, so I'm so, definitely going to read that. Difficult Women by Roxanne Gay. Okay. I, uh, okay, so The Giver is one of my favorite books. And I know I'm I'm, I'm mentioning a book that a lot of people know already. But The Giver, um, because I read it as, um, in high school. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't get it all the way. And then I read it in, um, like, well, in college or, like, in a little bit of adulthood. And I was just, um, like, I didn't get a lot of, um, I didn't... I didn't get up. Oh, let me let me try to figure out how I want to say this. Okay. okay. There's a lot I didn't get in books that I was reading when I was young. Because for the longest time as a kid, like as a teenager, I was reading um, books because I knew, like, this is the title that everybody talks about. Or this is a book that I think would be interesting. Or this is a book I saw an older person reading or this person reading. But I don't think I had enough of the, the maturity and the life experience or just, like, the mental maturity and the emotional maturity to really understand and grasp some of the, the, the wisdom that was being like imparted into me from those books mm-hmm. or any of like the, just any of the lessons that were, that were trying to be conveyed. And I feel like the giver is one of those books that I read in adulthood. And I just really saw how, um, uh, it really got, okay. First of all, it really got me obsessed with language in a way. Um, from an academic point of view, right? From an anthropological point of view, mm-hmm. how language is powerful. I remember this um, this moment where the the main character, um, he they like his family gets a baby, um, and he makes a he says something about love or like he 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 loves the the baby that the, his family is like uh, fostering. Um, and his mom asks him for like precision of language because love is an obsolete word and it's not very um, specific. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a book that I had read when I was in high school about this kid who um, who was learning Latin to prepare for like med school because Latin um, and how Latin is this this language that was very precise. Um, like you said what you meant and you meant like kind of like. You said what you meant. It was mm-hmm. very precise. Um, but it got me to, like, think about language and the way we use it nowadays. About how... Because I was even thinking about this yesterday, right? Because um, I was watching J- J- Jay-Z's interview um, for the Times Magazine. That little interview he yeah. did with New York Times. Um, and how they, the, uh, the interviewer asked him, so what was your reaction to, like, um, people who are upset about him making the, the comments about Jews and wealth? And he was like, you know, if that bothered you, but me making a uh, saying a line about black people and eating watermelons didn't bother you, that that's hypocrisy. Right. And really got me thinking, right? How like language is important. Um, and every time like I engage with something that I think is racism or is racist or it's prejudice, um, I have that word. 
And that word applies to almost everybody, right? Mm. Uh, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but, like, I thought that it was interesting how, like, when you engage in, like, racist um, behavior that's against Jewish people, there's a specific word for that. It's anti-Semitism. I just thought that that was interesting how, like, if there could be a word to really to really highlight, to really show the, the breadth and the depth of um, kind of, like, the, the harm and the pain caused when, like, certain behaviors are perpetrated towards uh, black people, mm-hmm. I think that would, like, be revolutionary in the way that how people respond to us, right? Right. Because I've been in situations where I, like, I can claim racism, and I feel like I'm not quite as heard. It's almost as if, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you're a black woman, you're black, so mm-hmm. there, there's always racism. But then, like, I feel like when one of my, like, my friends who's, like, Jewish, um, claims like anti-semitism i felt i feel like they there's almost more like back them up yeah there's almost like more credibility to it because there's that specific word that applies specifically to them Mm -hmm. and this might be like me just going off the rockers and i just thought like precision of language would be important for like so many things right Mm -hmm. because even i feel like sometimes the english language is not encompassing enough right there's like i appreciate it because i've been able to get like, I speak a language called Nyanja, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even um, even Lingala, honestly, um, the word anxiety does not really exist in that in those two languages. Mm-hmm. So when I was suffering from anxiety, and I really wanted to tell my family what I was going through and what I was feeling, I didn't have the word for it. I had the idea for it, mm-hmm. so I could describe the feeling, but I didn't have a specific word that kind of like encompassed all those things that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. But when I came to America and I got a little bit like I was, I was in school and I, and I met with counselors and I explained to them what was going on with me. A counselor, I remember in seventh grade asked me, Oh, so you have anxiety. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I don't think I have it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, the feelings you're describing that goes line in line with this thing. And I remember feeling so empowered that I had a word to describe something that I was feeling. So I feel like this is a roundabout way to say that the giver, it it taught me a little bit of that, Mm -hmm. right? It taught me about precision of language. Um, And I, like, in the snippets I've read of, like, uh, Franz Fanon's book, um, Black Face, White Masks, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, or Black Masks, White Faces. I might be getting the name wrong. He talks about... Uh, even in Wretched of the Earth, he talks about um, examining language, but he talks about it in the context of like colonization because he was writing this book, these books after um, the um, Algeria gained its independence from France, right? Mm-hmm. And examining the words that we use to refer to countries that used to be colonies and like the words we used to 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 ref- uh, to talk about these developed countries who used to have colonies. Um, and the, just yesterday, I was thinking to myself, like, yo, Meghan Markle would really do a thing if she secured the reparations bad. Yeah. <laughs> Until she did that, I was like, sis, your whole invitation to the barbecue and to the cookout <laughs> is pending. <laughs> and we get this reparations bag just secured. Like, you know, you in there. Get your, what are you in there for? Yeah, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Let me stop, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my goodness. No, but um, what was the question again? See, I'm I'm going roundabout in ways. Well, you were talking about the giver, and then that led okay. you into that. Right. So another book 
Okay, this one. Okay, I think a lot of people have read um, A Thousand Splendid Suns. I've not no. read that. No, let let me backtrack. Okay. I think a lot of people have read um, The Kite Runner. Okay. But the first book that I read by Khaled Hussini, I mm-hmm. think that's how you say his name, is A Thousand Splendid Sons. A Thousand Splendid Sons. Now, I wrote my um, my AP English uh, lit exam based on this book. And this is not even the books that, like, we were reading other books to write, uh, to prepare for our exam. Mm-hmm. But I used this book specifically because I was reading it by myself. And I thought the writing is superb. Just seeing a different way of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends in the world is um, is Muslim. Um, she's from Somalia. She came here as a refugee. And sometimes having her explain Islam to me, and I've, I've learned a lot from her. Um, but I feel like I, I learned Islam, like, I learned... I learned Somali Islam for her, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's Somali. All she knows is what other Somali people do and um, and how they practice in their communities. But I feel like Khaled Hussini, like he showed me a different way that Islam is for other people in other parts of the world. Okay. Not that like Islam is any different, but like cultures are different. Mm-hmm. So that makes certain nuances different. Just like Christians up north are different from Christians down south. Because I've lived in both places and trust and believe they're different. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) um, So I love that book. I think that's a good book to kind of like learn something different. To find out not necessarily how the other half live, but other people like you. Because um, I feel like um, struggle and poverty and like these issues, these uh, topics of like, oh, I struggled. My family struggled. We were poor. Um you know, oppression and stuff like that. These are kind of like universal uh, themes. And like to see how other people, what they went through. Exactly. Um, I think that's important. What other one? Or what are some books that you, um, that are on your to read list? That's the longest one of them all. (laughs) And why? (laughs) Why? Because part of it is I collect books. That's one part of it. I collect books. I'm on Goodreads, so I'm going to plug my Goodreads in. <laughs> Even though I said I wasn't plugging anything. <laughs> um, okay, because I don't have enough time in the day. And I'm not saying that because, like, I'm being, like, there's just not enough time in the day. Because um, when I was in high school, I really, really loved reading. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to, I knew I wanted to go to college. What I didn't know is that, like, there's a job where you just get to read books all day. Oh, yeah. If I had known that when I was in high school, <laughs> I mean, my mother would not necessarily be proud, but I would be <laughs> You would be content. I would be content, because that's all I would do. Um, some of the books be, are like, my the perfect job for you. <laughs> I have been considered being a librarian, a high school librarian for a while, <laughs> just because I thought my librarian at school, just all she did was read, because she would give me book suggestions every time I went there, and that was every day. <laughs> And these are like conversations I have with my best friend about the relationship she got to de- develop with her librarians over the years in childhood and even in high school. Mm-hmm. And she talks about it like, oh, yeah, I used to go to that librarian and we used to just sit there and talk. Like my librarian like helped me develop interest in books that like I otherwise would not have read. Like 
I am horrible for doing this, but I judge books by their cover. <laughs> and sometimes I'll just be like, eh, this doesn't even, the title is not even, what is, yeah. what is that? Like when I read Difficult Women, I thought, I honestly, I thought it was a book about like being a feminist and why being a feminist, like you're a difficult woman if you're, di- like, that's honestly really what I thought that book was about because of that title. And then when I read that. it, and then I read it, and then I was just like, girl, you don't even go here. So, <laughs> um, so one of the books in my to-read list. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. My to-read list is, includes um, more James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. It has, I need to finish all, everything that Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie has ever written. Because I've only read like two of her books. Yeah. I need to read all of her books plus her um, her book of short stories. Yeah, I need to read And her, her essays. I need to read um, Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. I actually want to read, because um, I watched the show, The Handmaiden's Tale. Mm-hmm. So I want to read the book because that show is crazy. I haven't heard of that show. It's on Hulu. It is ridiculous. Is that the only place I can watch it? Um, I'm, I mean, the internet can help you out. What station is it on? <laughs> uh, it's on Hulu. No, it's on Hulu. It's a Hulu exclusive um, oh, okay. show. Okay. But, um, so Hulu got series now. Okay. Ooh, girl. And that's their best one. <laughs> um, so I also need to read um, The Half ha- uh, The Half Has Never Been Told, Slavery and the Unmasking of American Capitalism by Edward E. Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is this. OK, so this book is um, it's related to my economics stuff. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's um, last semester we read um, Empire of Cotton uh, by Sven Becht. It, things got heated. Oof, things were bad. See, we were talking about so Empire of Cotton is really basically a history of um, the political economy of cotton. So mm-hmm. what that basically means is how cotton and slavery and the slave trade built or were able to, yeah, built and um, and pushed. I'm not using the right words, um, but how they they basically they they accelerated. Um, capitalism as we know it today mm-hmm. because before slavery and before yeah before slavery and the slave trade in the american south i mean there was slavery because there's this class in my school called the history of slavery mm-hmm. it'll take you through centuries and millennia and you learn about slavery and then you come to the realization that like what happened in america w- was just out of this world i mean we already know that but like right. from what slaves were historically to what they became then it was just crazy so that book is related to um that that book i read in class because it kind of maps out how slavery was really key and part and parcel into creating capitalism as we know it today um you we already have that understanding but that Mm -hmm. just this book just gives a good foundational theoretical logical basis for that argument that was all very long-winded i want to read queen sugar i know it's a it's a children's book but i really want to read it it's by natalie um basil Uh uh-huh is that with the um the show on own is based on yes wow i didn't even know that and it's a children's book okay uh yeah it's a it's yeah it's not necessarily children's children's but like middle Middle age, like middle school type oh, okay. children's book. Yeah, but I still want to read it. Yeah, I want to um, read it too now that I've been watching the show. One okay, book that I keep seeing everywhere, and it's because like I have like 
an on and off again relationship with veganism. Um, it's a book called Sister Vegan by A. Breeze Harper. And it's basically, um, she talks about how she manages to be a black woman and vegan, like, you know, and dealing with black family and dating um, black men, going on black dates and just like marriage and all that while being vegan. I've been accidentally paying for Audible. Uh, so I have a couple of like points on there and that's one of the books that I'm going to listen to. So I'm excited to read that. You know, for me, I don't know. I'll try vegan one day, <laughs> but I kid you not, every time I go home and visit my family, it's an impossibility. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> the thing is, a lot of what we eat could be considered vegan, because it is vegan, but just calling it vegan. Right, like, that. vegan is legit just, like, vegetables and stuff. Like, is that vegan? Like, is that vegetables? Is that regular food? Like... Like, if I told my mother that the, the meal we had that was just basically some vegetables, some mushrooms, and, like, fufu is vegan, she would flip. <laughs> That's so interesting. Right? Right. But like, we just tell her, oh, we didn't have meat today, or we didn't have any fish today, so this is what we're eating. She'd be like, oh, okay, this is just, you know, it's regular shit. But, like, if you, if you name it, if you give it that name. <laughs> All hell breaks loose. <laughs> And another person that I need to read, I think, is Octavia Butler, um, because I've always heard her name thrown around, and I've never read any, like, any of her stuff. And obviously, there's the people who I feel like I should be reading, too, Mm -hmm. um, who, like, Zora uh, Neale Hurst, so I feel like I need to, I've never really sat down and read Their Eyes While Watching God, and I got it, I got it, and yeah, I've been trying my brother is really good about reading black authors and I really need to learn from him and take his um, <laughs> kind of like a page out of his book because he's very good at, at reading black authors. I don't know. I feel like because he doesn't really read as often as I do. Mm-hmm. If my brother finds out that like, you know, a movie's coming out that he's fairly interested in used to be like, it's based on a book. And he'll go get the book. He'll get the book and tell me to read it and tell him what happens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist was not expecting that. That's so funny. Why don't right? you go see the movie? Oh, he'll go see the movie, but he just wants to know, have something to com- compare, <laughs> compare it to. to and have you read but it sometimes, like, that backfires because I get so excited that I can't even give the story right. And I'll just be like, yo, you have to read it. You already have the book. Just read it. He goes, nah, that was the whole point of you reading it. I'm not reading it. <laughs> Somebody got to read it. Okay. Yeah. So is there, um, are there any more books that you want to suggest before we go into the Lemonade Pick of the Week? Okay, okay, so okay, really quick. So I guess let me ask a different question. Okay. Are there any books that you read every year to prepare you for a great year? I don't really have a book like that, but I have books that I come back to over and over again. What are those books? I, I, I do. I'm not even going to lie. I come back to The Giver. Mm-hmm. Um, I come back to, um, this is on the tip of my tongue. I come back to The Giver. Um, I come back to The Alchemist. Um I will sometimes, um, what else? Um, I can't even, I can't even think right now, but those are two books that I just, I'll come back to. I have one more question. And the Bible. I'll, I won't even lie. So, cause sometimes there's some gems in there. Like if you can read it just for, let me not even touch that. <laughs> little rocket subject there. Yes. Okay. So you just, um, you just met a woman in a bookstore or not in a bookstore. You met a woman in a cafe you guys start speaking, you know, conversating, conversing. 
and you get to know her and she tells you about her anxiety and depression what books would you suggest to help her get through that that time in her life okay so for me reading as a whole in general is a coping uh, mechanism that I have Mm -hmm. so sometimes when I'm really really anxious honestly what I do I just need to do is sit down read a couple it could be anything as long as I'm just reading and my mind is not in my head it'll help me kind of like disassociate look at the the issues objectively and then kind of come back and with the formulate a game plan Mm -hmm. um Okay, then what are some uplifting books then that you would suggest? I don't read a lot of those, honestly, because that's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Because for me, like reading and reading is so enjoyable. It just it it makes me so happy Mm -hmm. that for me, I could be reading anything, and as long as like I'm in it, I'm in it. Like I'm reading it, I'm I'm following. Uh, So for me, um, I would take it back though to like. Um, I don't know. It depends on... Okay, so I don't like to suggest books off the bat. I suggest books that I love, obviously, that I think people should read. But also, what are you interested in reading? Because I have friends who only read fantasy. I have friends who only oh, read... Oh, yeah, that's true. I have friends who only read bi- uh, biographies or nonfiction. Um, so, like, one of my friends um, is obsessed with reading about things that happened. Um, her dad was stationed in Germany when she was in middle school and part of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's an army brat in the way. So she she likes to read about uh, World War Two, and to her, it's just kind of like because she lived there and like she went to school on base and out, off base for a little bit, and it was just kind of like seeing their whole relationship to World War Two just gave her this like this fascination with World War Two. Mm-hmm. So she likes to read stories about that. So for me, with her, honestly, I've gotten her a couple of books that like. Oh, they said that this was about, you know, um, four women who worked at um, a telephone company um, during World War II. And they were helping the, the Allied forces do blah, 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 blah. Um, and for her, she, that that is something that will just will do it for her. I have friends who like reading um, The Lord of the Rings will do it for them. Uh, so for me, it depends on what you like. Right. I do suggest... Um, Paolo Cole, uh, the, the author of The, the Alchemist, mm-hmm. he has a, a bunch of books that I feel like, for me, that's the only type of self-help I can really read, mm-hmm. to be honest. So other than The Alchemist, he has a few books that I, um, I've heard people talk about, about how like they they like it. There's some gems in there. There's some stories. Um, back home, we don't have like, um, we don't really have like fables so much so as it's like, um, there's like radio stations where like they um, people tell fables, right? They tell stories because mm-hmm. it's still very oral. Um, so for me, sometimes like I remember when I when I would be uh, when I was a kid, that used to be very comforting um, because there was always a story to be le- uh, there was always a story with a lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that could ever help anybody, but I'm pretty sure somebody has put those on YouTube. Um, well, you have to learn the language, so that might not help you. But um, but a book of fables. Um, sometimes I feel like children's books are the best type of books to read. Yeah. Especially if you're feeling kind of down. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I have a book of, like, um, children's stories, the Grimm's Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and sometimes honestly when I can't think of anything to read or if I'm like down but I want to read something I'll just read something out of there and it's 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 short it's like a page and it's a quick story but it's got a message for me and and to me that's enough it's like a little parable or a proverb definitely I love reading when I know I'm going to get something out of it Mm -hmm. okay so let's go ahead and go into the lemonade pick of the week um this week since we're talking about books and Wallello is a very well-read black girl (laughs) I thought it would only be right to give um, the lemonade pick of the week to the founder of Well Read Black Girl, which is a Brooklyn-based book club, and they have like a, it's a digital platform as well, and they they focus on um, Black women writers. Um, so you're gonna learn about a whole bunch of different books by Black women that you probably never thought were there. Um, so yeah, so you can um, get her book suggestions online. You can follow her at Well Read Black Girl. Uh, I think I don't even think I said her name. The founder is Glory Edom. So yeah, thank you, Glory Edom. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Glory Edom, for um, creating Well Read Black Girl and just spreading the, lo- the knowledge on Black women writers. So you are this week's lemonade pick of the week. <laughs> so now, Valello, it is time for our last segment, which is to love a Black woman. So that's where you you get to say something that you love about yourself. Or you can say something that you love about a particular black woman. So um, mom, sister, cousin, auntie. Or you can say something that you love about black women in general. You're on. Um, I think my shout out this, um, for this week, my shout out would have to go to my two sisters. Okay, I have more than two sisters. Um, But my two sisters, Anna and Nellie, um, we're in a group chat. And this week was not the best week for me. But... um, the one time that I did go into the group chat in the middle of their conversation to ask a question, um, just the love that I got and the the affirmation that I got, I was trying to work on my um, positive affirmations this week, and I was I wasn't very like on top of it, but um, like my sister called me something like she called me by a title that it's like it's something that I wanted, but she kind of like affirmed that I was already that. Mm-hmm. And it just really made me feel so good because it's like, yo, nobody will gas you the way your sisters will gas you. <laughs> and they're always holding it down for me. And I love them and I appreciate them. And I don't tell them this enough because half the time they're being very annoying and they know <laughs> it. Um, but I, I really appreciate them because even in the middle of all their foolishness, my sister was offering to like make soup <laughs> and <laughs> and overnight it to me. <laughs> That is from so beautiful. <laughs> so that so that I would feel uh, I would feel loved because I can't I can't go home for the holidays this week uh, this year. Um, so I just I really appreciate my sisters um, because I don't know they always hold it down and they always just remind me they they always just reaffirm me, especially when I don't feel like I deserve to be reaffirmed. They are always there, quick to remind me that like I'm just I'm awesome. And they just, they make me feel like I really am that bitch. And I really appreciate them for that. That's beautiful. I appreciate them for that as well. I'm glad you do have someone to have that reminder. That's why sisterhood is so important. Y'all shout out to both of your sisters. What are their names again? Anna and Nellie. Anna and Nellie. Shout out to y'all. Yes. Okay. Uh, Willello, um, do you like want the people to find you online on like Instagram or anything? Well, that, that, you know, now that you ask, (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so my Goodreads um, profile is my whole name, which I should probably change. Uh, but if you type into um, Goodreads, W-A-L-E-L-O, um, you should be able to find me. Um, I'm on Goodreads, and I suggest that if anybody's really trying to like get get their reading together, kind of like create challenges, find a community, uh, follow some authors, interact with authors. Um, you get to like, you know, it's like a social media site for bookworms, which I really love and appreciate. Um, and my Instagram is M-E-R-C-E-W-P-E-R-C-E. Um, so if you want to just check me out, um, yeah, like I, like I really appreciate, um, Oh, hello. Um, honestly, hello. Yeah. Start over. It kind of, the phone kind of went out there a little bit. Oh, from where? I really appreciate. I really appreciate, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Glory Edom, you said Mm -hmm. for, um, for starting well-read black girl, because, um, Honestly, when I was in high school, and even now, some of the uh, only people I could really sit down and read with were, like, my three black friends, right? Mm -hmm. And we were all nerds, and we would always just be, like, getting in trouble. Oh, my gosh. I got into so much... I got so much detention in high school because I used to read in the middle of, like, calculus instead (laughs) of, like, doing work. Like, I was that student. It, It was really bad. Like, there was a whole... There was a whole conference call with, like my family and I remember my sister who I lived with at the time was like oh you're calling us in and mind you my sister is like super African with a thick accent she's like ah, like I thought you were calling us in because something bad happened you're calling us in because she's reading ah, ah you're wasting my time I'm going back to work <laughs> <laughs> because like I did it I did it so much at home like my family was just so annoyed with me like my sister used to steal my books to punish me like Aww. she used to take all like she would steal my my library card so that like I wouldn't go I wouldn't be able to get more books because she knew, like, that's how you got me. Like, I was that kid. Like, me and my books were... Bestie. Yeah, so that's how you got me to do dishes. You got me to do, like, to mop the floors in the house, to clean the bathroom. That's how she did it. Because she would take my books and put them under lock and key because I was that kid who was always in a book. And I really appreciate her for, for doing this because um, I think it's it, it's just... It's, it's a it's a beautiful community to have, and I really wish a lot more people and everybody enjoyed reading as much as I do, because there's something about being able to travel the world without ever leaving the country. Right. Um, and I have been everywhere. I've been to space. I tell people that all the time. <laughs> there's, like, I've given advice to people and been like, you know, somebody once told me da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, and, like, that somebody is a character in book. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm, and they'll be like, yo, that's good advice. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> some good people. That's some good people. <laughs> well, I do appreciate um, your love for the books uh, because we had this conversation for Avocado and Honey. And you just like basically jump started my, because I have to start a new library. So just jump started. I'm going to pick up so many books that I'm excited to read. So thank you. Thank you so much, Willello, for your time and for your knowledge, and just for everything. Thank you for having me. And thank you for appreciating me and honestly affirming me. Um, because um, my love for books, I feel like I want to share that with everyone. Um, 
I want my house one day to be a place where people just come, you know, and just like I can flex my whole library to them. I won't flex <laughs> anything else, but my library would <laughs> like like sometimes the only way I get through like school and like you know doing the things I'm supposed to do, it's like, oh, this is how you get a big ass house and a fancy car. And since you want that big ass fancy ass library, you need to get your shit together. You gotta work for it. How bad do you work gotta work? Library? You gotta remind yourself why you're doing this thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, so, we all got something, yo. But yours, that's great to be to be a reader. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with it. At, no, at all. there's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, so thank you, and I really, really appreciate you. And I just want to reaffirm you because you know um, I see what you're doing, and I appreciate it, and um, I commend you, and I'm very proud of you because thank you. Um, I know things get rough. Um, and life happens and challenges come and try to smack you in the face, but don't let them. Um, and I, I really appreciate, appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. That means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> oh, and y'all, um, y'all can follow me at underscore Smanji on um, Instagram. Again, like I said before, there are only going to be two more episodes, like one and a half more episodes of Avocado and Honey for the year. And then we will return the second Tuesday in January. Um, again, I appreciate you guys for this, you guys and ladies for listening every other Tuesday. You have no idea. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. You all. I just stop saying guys. Thank you all for listening. Um, until next week. Next week, we'll be back. Bye. Bye-bye.